Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello and welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Thursday, 23rd September. I am your returning host, second time hosting, Tomo Hussein, and joining me is my brother from another mother. Tim Gettys. I love doing, this. Tim? I love this. You in the host chair, me here. This feels right. <laughs> I had to miss last week. That sucked. But here we are with what is hopefully going to be the rest of the year on Kind of Funny Games Daily with yeah, rare exceptions here and there. But I love it, man. Nothing like the energy of a Tim Tam Thursday or as they're now known, Tam Tim Thursdays. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, wow. We're switching. I kind of still like it as Tim Tam. because Yeah, like, I know. It, it has the cheeky nice, little... It rolls off the tongue. Mm-hmm. I I've, I I uh, propose the motion that we keep it Tim Tam. Okay, okay, okay. I'll yeah, take. I like I'll, you know, my ego serves me well, so thank you. The <laughs> seconded. <laughs> yeah, Kevin's on September twenty third. Big day in history. I've mm-hmm. been trying to mix in some things of my own, and I'm, one of the things I'm doing is like, what happened on this day? I and love that. This is a big one. September twenty third, eighteen eighty nine. Nintendo Copy, later known as Nintendo Company Limited was founded by Fus- Fusajiro Yamauchi to produce and market the playing card game Hanafuda. This day, go. in 1889, Nintendo was founded. What That's a day crazy. as well. That's wild. 132 years ago. That's yeah. insane. So many years. So many playing cards. Well, so many plumbers. From, like all of, they started with playing cards, and now we're about we're on this day. We're gonna have a Nintendo Direct, which oh, is can't to wait to have. huge. We're gonna talk about that a little more later, um, because that is one of the stories that I included. The others are Death Stranding Director's Cut reviews, the future of Titanfall, and a few new Disney games being released, as well as a bunch more. Because this is, of course, kind of funny games daily, where each and every weekday at 10 a.m. live right here on twitch.tv forward slash kind of funny games. Uh, if you're watching this live, you can correct us uh, when we get stuff wrong by going to kindoffunny.com forward slash you're wrong. But I'm hoping we don't get anything wrong. I'm confident in us. Honestly. I'm confident too. Today's going to yeah, be yeah. one of those days yeah, yeah, where yeah. we're just flawless, hitting 100. Let's go. You love to see it. Um, if you don't always bat in 100, hitting yeah. 100, is that it? Is that right? Bat, batting 100 is usually batting 100. 100. But hitting 100, I think, totally works. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 If, if you don't want to watch live, you can watch later on youtube.com forward slash kindoffunnygames. Roosterteeth.com or listen later on our services around the globe by searching for kind of funny games daily. New one that has rolled out this it's week. a thousand. It's not even. You're right. You're right. Batting a hundred is bad. Batting a hundred is bad. That's right. That's right. I love, don't know I, love that I, don't know I love that I said that to prove that I'm never wrong. <laughs> that is the most Tim Getty thing <laughs> imaginable. <laughs> I, you, I want you to know that I was behind you 100%. So if you ever say that. anything wrong, I'll back you 100%. Thank you, Tam. Thank you. you. Can guarantee That's that. Teamwork. That's teamwork. That's teamwork. Yeah. <laughs> Makes the dream work. 
Yes, a new one for this week. You can use the Epic Creator Code, kind of funny, on all Epic Store and Epic in-game purchases, like Fortnite or, uh, as uh, Mike called it yesterday, that soccer game with the cars, of course, referring to Rocket League. And that helps that us, uh, helps you support <laughs> Kind of Funny in a meaningful way. You you don't lose anything out of it. You just give mm. money to Kind of Funny. It's amazing. It's great. And then we get to pay people like Tab. It's awesome. <laughs> Let's go. Uh, <laughs> Of course, to be part of the show, you can also head to patreon.com forward slash kind of funny games where bronze members are above get to write in and silver members are above get this show ad free with the exclusive daily post show, which should be fun today. Housekeeping. I mean, one time let it be a bad game of sweeping. You like that? I did like, like that. that too. <laughs> I like that a lot. I love you so much. Uh, <laughs> it is September on Twitch still. Uh, which means viewers across the platform throughout the month can take advantage of 20% off subscriptions for the first for first time subscribers and gifted subs. Your support means the world to us here at Kind of Funny. And right now you can take advantage of this deal and receive benefits like ad free viewing, sub emotes, and a whole lot more. As I said last time I hosted this, Kind of Funny putting out banging streams all the time on Twitch. Yeah, so you are do. definitely getting your money's worth if you subscribe. And if you bestow the gift of a sub on someone else, they will immediately feel the the true weight of what you've given them because it's just amazing content coming out all the time. Thank you. Thank you. Thursday, which is today, baby, they a team is playing World War Z aftermath for a sponsored stream. Aftermath? Aftermath. Whichever one you want. Um, I like you the can, math. I, I like you, you know, like I'm an that? American. Yeah, Off the math. Yeah. Okay, After cool. Math. Um, you can shamble on over because that's what zombies do at 11 a.m. PT, right after this very episode of Kind of Funny Games Day, to see Greg, Mike, Andy, and Blessing blast some zombies. And if you miss it live, it will be available to watch on YouTube on the YouTube channel, youtubecom Kind of Funny Plays. After uh, you off real quick. In addition to that. We are mm -hmm. also going to be live reacting to the Nintendo Direct on Twitch. Yeah, kind of funny games at 3 p.m. Pacific when it happens later today. Yep. And for people who are worried about it, um, there has been leaks. We won't be talking about those leaks apart from one thing, which is kind of like a mid-tier thing that I'm sure no one will really care about anyway. Uh, Kirby fans, big upset right now. Thank you to our <laughs> Patreon producers, the kind of funny Destiny 2 PC clan and Blackjack. And today we are brought to you by DraftKings away and amazon music but i'll tell you all about that later for now let's begin with what is and will forever be the roper report it's time for some news we've got five stories today that is the exact amount of stories in a baker's dozen the first story is Death Stranding director's cut reviews. They are starting to trickle in. Death Stranding, of course, released in 2019, November, from Hideo Kojima, the GOAT. Mm -hmm. um, you know him. You love him. It's a divisive game. But I wanted to highlight a few of the reviews just because there's also a really interesting discussion around it happening in light of the world we live in. So IGN's Tristan Ogilvy. Uh, gave it a 7 out of 10 and said, a long list of quality of life improvements certainly makes the PS5 director's cut the most feature-rich and accessible version of Death Stranding. If you're yet to experience its gorgeous vistas and general sci-fi weirdness and you're not turned off at the thought of a 40-hour fetch quest, then this is the best way to enjoy its fiction with the least amount of friction. However, by giving us powerful new cargo moving tools that allow us to forego heavily burdened hikes in favor of walking the 
path of least resistance, it diminishes frustrations at the cost of any sense of hard-earned gratification. This may be called a director's cut, but I can't help but feel that, for better or for worse, the PS4 original perhaps more closely resembles the director's vision, which Mm. is an old take from IGN there, but I respect it. GameSpot's very own Justin Clark gave it a 9 out of 10, and said, having said that, referring to a pre- previous paragraph, I didn't ed- edit this correctly. It's my bad. It is understandable that returning to the world of Death Stranding after the year we've all had was affecting in ways I never anticipated going in. It didn't strike me the first time just how much positive feedback the game gives for every little thing Sam does. It didn't strike me for the first time just how accurate the game would be and how isolation would make every interaction with a live human being into an event. The hope, the despair, the determination of it all just plain hits different now and in ways that make the game one to experience even if you don't end up liking it enough to stick with it for dozens of hours. The director's cut still does an admirable job goosing up that experience for maximum immersion even while trying to nudge itself towards something more approachable. There's still nothing quite like this game. And the reason I wanted to call out those two uh, angles is because it kind of leads into nicely another... Not a review, a feature written by my good friend, former GameSpot um, uh, staff member and current Polygon writer, Mike Mahadi, who wrote a feature called Directors, uh, Death Stranding Director's Cut has finally made me a believer. Death Stranding re- is replete uh, with questions of whether or not any of this is worth it. The solidarity and togetherness of it all. If catastrophes will keep piling up and humans will continue to isolate and communities will continue to fracture, then what is the point of ever coming together? For all of its preaching, the game doesn't end with tidy answers. To tie a bow on these questions in a final cutscene would undercut all of the work its gameplay has already done more elegantly than its thousands of words. Some art will, given time, morph alongside us. Some art will wait calmly, even stubbornly, for us to return with a new perspective. Death Stranding, by my estimation, has done a bit of both. It has sat patiently, confident in its mechanisms, and gargantuan in its ideas but it also has shifted just a little bit while we all did our best to grow. So is Death Stranding Director's Cut worth playing? Absolutely, especially now. Was Death Stranding also worth playing in 2019? I'd say so. I just wasn't ready for it yet. That was a really cool piece that I read from Mike Mahadi at Polygon. And the question I kind of wanted to bring up is, Tim, uh, Death Stranding, obviously you're a huge Kojima fan. I am. Reminder for people, what was your take on it back then? And how do you feel about it now? And do you have any intention to replay it? I am definitely uh, closer to Tristan's take here at IGN. It wasn't for me. Um, I played maybe 10 hours of Death Stranding, the original version. And it was all the things I like least about Kojima games. And it didn't have the things I like most about them, both from a gameplay perspective and definitely from the story perspective. Um, So because of that, I kind of fell off. And like with this director's cut, all the things that they're adding, they don't seem to be addressing any of the issues that Mm. I have with it. I do love that it exists. And I I, going with uh, Mike's uh, feature here. It's like I do get the game. I also just get that it's not necessarily for me, but I get why it is for so many people. And I I think that it's cool that from that first debut trailer or the first announcement even of Kojima coming out announcing he's working on a PlayStation game and how weird it all was. And we were used to weird with Metal Gear. We were used to weird with this IP and characters that we've known and loved. So the weirdness kind of came from the familiar and playing with the familiar. Whereas Death Stranding was just weird and the familiar was a bunch of actors. And how all these actors fit together 
how is that going to make sense? And the more that he talked about it, the more kind of obscure everything seemed where it's just like, yeah, it's about connected. We're already playing the game. This is a social thing. And it's like, what the fuck are you talking about? And then the game came out and he was right. It all, everything he was talking about, like he delivered, huh? Yeah, delivered. The mm-hmm. delivery game. He like delivered like what he said he was going to with this game. Right. And I think that that spoke to a lot of people. And so it is, it's interesting. I, I think that, uh, Mike's take, I don't think is going to end up being the prevailing take here. Like, I don't think that the director's mm-hmm. cut is going to sway the non-believers uh, for the most part, but it is very interesting that this game can be so divisive. And I wonder if you take the Kojima out of it, would it still be as divisive as it is? And I think it would. I think that this mm-hmm. is one of those situations where people talk about, you know, the Nintendo bump, right? Where it's like, well, if Breath of the Wild wasn't Nintendo and wasn't Zelda, would people talk about it the same way? And I think when you apply that here, I think that Death Stranding is, Ko- Kojima notwithstanding, something special and something worth talking about. So, yeah. yeah. I'm I'm really glad that Kojima is in this space now. I, if I want anything from Kojima now, I think his, I want him to be this kind of divisive auteur within the industry. Because as you all know, like Metal Gear Solid 1 came out, big, big game. It was amazing. And he was done. He was like, I, I'm, I'm done with this. And then Konami was like, no, you got to oh, make a second game. You got to make a game. And then obviously he made a third and a fourth and many, 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 many more. And I feel like what we're getting now is like a lot of that pent up idea and creativity creativity out of him. And the way he expresses it is going to be divisive and the things he goes for is going to be divisive. And I think that we kind of need someone like that, especially in an industry where, you know, someone does one thing well and then that becomes something that is beloved. Everyone chases it or Mm -hmm. you like strike gold and then you just keep mining that same thing. I think there needs to be a space for someone who's as successful as him and has the clout to go around and take these big swings that are, you know, most, some people are going to hate the thing that he makes. Other people are going to love it. Um, And I think like he is in my mind, he has the same energy as an indie developer, but in the AAA space right now, like um, he's, I would be surprised if he's like, I'm going to make a battle Royale. And that's the kind of thing we need to give almost serve as a bridge between the two worlds to show that, Indies are having indies are doing so much amazing things with unique ideas and gameplay designs. And then there are people out there who are trying to kind of innovate on that and take some of that that kind of knowledge and present it in a way that's a blockbuster franchise or a big, big experience. And so I'm glad that it's out there and I'm glad that it's still having this divisive kind of like reaction to it. And yeah. I'm I for one I'm definitely excited to go back and play it. I really loved like the experience the first time I played it. I didn't finish it, but I'm keen to finish it now. And I think the fact that um, the kind of early hours uh, of it are streamlined is definitely helpful. Mm-hmm. Also, from what I can tell, like the new stuff is basically Metal Gear Solid VR missions. Totally. So, like, yeah. Uh, I'm gonna have I can't to be I'm mad at that. <laughs> he's got. He's got. Sam has the same like uppercut punch when he's successful after doing one of those things. So I'm like. It's all you need. They I got you, to, Sam. They got you by the there. balls. I have to be there. To be there. Um, another uh, story that I don't know if it has me by the balls, but I'm excited that it feels like Respawn is tickling some balls. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I do. And that is uh, is Titanfall. And the question is to Titanfall or not to Titanfall. 
because we had a story come out. Um, I'm obviously going to be uh, leaning heavily on GameSpot.com here. I have a bias. I'm going to leave. This episode of Kind of Funny Games Daily is... You get a surprise Tim, you know, sometimes we like to sprinkle a bit of Tim just going like this. Tim, Tim, Tim. Uh, yeah, that's what you get. Hit the uh, wrong my bad, guys. <laughs> <was> my bad. <laughs> uh, this story comes from Otto Kratky uh, at GameSpot.com, who says, Titanfall 3 isn't coming anytime soon. The story is, Respawn Community Director Jason Garza spoke about Titanfall at the end of a live stream, shooting down any hopes fans had. Uh, a new game in the franchise releasing anytime soon, saying there's nothing. There's nothing here. Gaza went on to say, we've got too many other games in the works right now. Those other games are likely whatever response has cooking for the Star Wars, Jedi Order, Fallen Order franchise, um, as well as Apex Legends, along with constantly being updated. The Battle Royale title is also facing its own suite of problems at the moment from its servers. However, Respawn hasn't completely abandoned Titanfall. When one viewer commented that they were going uh, to give up on the games being fixed, Gaza explained that Respawn is still working on the current situation, but as always, can't uh, really telegraph those moves publicly. The current situation being referenced is uh, the ongoing DDoS attacks that have largely left Titanfall 1 and 2 unplayable on PC. The attacks are allegedly coming from a group of hackers looking to raise awareness for Titanfall's multiplayer um currently the title four games only have one or two developers working on them at a time so uh it shouldn't become uh it shouldn't come as a huge surprise that another title four game isn't in the works from respawn apex is currently massively successful with over two hundred thousand players logging into the game within the past 24 hours on steam alone according to steam charts however after that respawn basically responded to its own employee statement um and i love uh, this which resulted in people, you know, reporting it in the press. And they tweeted, contrary to what some folks are reporting, Titanfall is the uh, very core of our DNA. Who knows what the future holds? So that's them going, everyone who reported on our employee saying this stuff actually is wrong, which, okay, fair enough. Um, so we're going to pull a question from the community uh, in relation to this story. Um, this comes from uh, Stay Super, aka Super, who says, Hey, Tim Tam. Respawn tweeted last night about Titanfall and it being the core of their DNA. Clearly, this is blowing up into news stories even now, but I'm failing to understand the optics of it. I host an Apex podcast. I cover Apex Legends. It's their biggest title and has been broken for about a week and a half now. I'm so confused as to why the heat of it being broken then would bring up Titanfall. I'm wondering if they're trying to garner good faith after a good two weeks of being down. Anyway, it's just trying to point out uh, it's confusing. If you need anyone to comment on it, hit me up on Twitter. Um, why do you think that is happening, Tim? Uh, how do you feel about Titanfall? Maybe, maybe not. I mean, look, I hope we get a Titanfall 3. Mm -hmm. And I expect that we will at some point. I don't think that it's imminent. I think that EA and specifically Respawn, Respawn, Respawn are mm -hmm. in, a, in a, uh, a transition period, moving into the next gen, figuring out what their future looks like. Um, specifically when it comes to having hits like Apex being these these massive multiplayer games, but then also having uh, narrative single-player experiences like Jedi Fallen Order that are huge successes. Like, we're at the precipice of what could be an exciting EA. They're bringing back Skate. We're getting a, a Dead Space revival. Like, th there's more goodwill in EA and especially Respawn right now than mm -hmm. there has been in in decades, right? And I yeah. think that that with that, uh, you look at Respawn themselves, and I think that they're in this 
very cool conversation of kind of like, I don't even want to call them up and comers, but like, you'll get what I'm saying, uh, where we have, um, insomniac and then, uh, we, we, we have them and it's like, they are, um, an arcane, right? Like these three mm. different teams or groups of teams that are kind of like ushering in this new era of, of quality and expectation that comes with that. So I think that there's a lot of pressure and there's a lot of cooks in the kitchen that are going to want to make sure that they are in control of the messaging and, and on top of it. And I think that what this is, is a bunch of people that are trying to control the narrative and trying to control the, the message, even though the narrative is different in all of their minds and, 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 uh, hearts and whatever it is. And I think that this is a classic example of just the PR side of things, the marketing side of things, and then the devs themselves just not being aligned. And I think that that mm. all has to do with just EAs in this place of structure change right now. And like the industry is shifting and changing how, how things are going. So I, I'm not surprised there's uh, a lack of communication between them. Yeah, I think your point is like the way you've described those kind of like studios and teams. There's like it's weird we're in a position where there's certain teams now that are, for want of a better phrase, like hard carrying companies. Like yeah, like uh, Insomniac is carrying. No, I'm when I say carrying, I don't mean that like Sony's fallen apart and they're like doing all the work. But like Insomniac has Sony on their back right now. They're like putting in the work. Like they've got the best games out there right now, and like. A lot of people associate Insomniac with Sony now. Um, in the same way, like Naughty Dog was in that situation, I feel like Naughty Dog has kind of stepped aside and Insomniac is now taking their place. And Respawn seems to be doing that for EA. Like a lot of the exciting things that are coming up and the the big, the most exciting prospects seem to be like around Respawn and what they're doing between uh, Apex and the Star Wars title. And I'm sure they've got a few other things that they're working on that we just don't know about. But in terms of like, why would they say this? They they would say this, but they need to say this because they they want to still keep the Titanfall mindshare alive, right? Like a lot of the excitement around Respawn is in Titanfall and Titanfall is also kind of an active part of Apex. They constantly are referencing it. They're constantly um, kind of like uh, alluding to it and bringing in story and characters and different parts of the Titanfall universe. So it helps them to kind of keep some healthy discussion happening around Titanfall. And you don't want to say, hey, this part of our franchise is dead because people know Titanfall. I can't, I imagine it would have some impact on EA stock as well if they were like, no, we're never doing another Titanfall game because people who don't understand how games work will be like, oh, that's a bit major franchise. Um, and they've just said they're never doing that again. So now it's going to impact my investment in this company. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, yeah. with that too, it's like it, you, you look at uh, Titanfall and, you know, one is so long ago at this point, but like it really was what ushered in what was next gen at the point of the Xbox One and PlayStation 4. Like Titanfall was like the first major exclusive next gen title right and that like that's a big deal just in terms of history mindshare but then titanfall 2 critically acclaimed like you don't want to just write that off and like for mm -hmm. for investors and stuff even if it didn't sell that well and have all that like there is for a company like ea you want to be able to have a portfolio with different types of wins and being able to point at titanfall 2 specifically and be like look like people love it people revere this this uh campaign right like mm -hmm. you want to be able to to have that mind share for gamers when they think of ea when they think of respawn to mean more than just one thing so i feel like there's 
like I said, there's a very good chance that one day we'll get another Titanfall. I don't yeah. think it's going to be soon. And when you look at something like, you know, you're talking about Naughty Dog, I think that right now Insomniac is kind of, they've graduated from what they were to what they are now, which is carrying the PlayStation 5 specifically, not Sony as a whole, I would say. Yeah. Um, and that's just because where they're at and where the releases are at early in the life cycle. But like Naughty Dog had to earn that as well, right? Like coming from obviously the PlayStation 1, but then the Jack and Daxter games on PlayStation 2. Uncharted was kind of their like graduation up into the, the big leagues. And even then you could argue it was actually Last of Us that was the step into the holy shit, mm. naughty, they're the naughty gods, right? But I think that when they go went back to Uncharted 4, that was a thing that was the inevitability that was built on the success of them just graduating and continue to rise. And I think that we could see that with Respawn, where yeah. they have proven themselves in all these different ways with Jedi Fallen Order, with the uh, Apex, with all that. Go And at some point, go back to the Titanfall thing and have the Uncharted 4 to Titanfall, if that makes yeah. sense. Like, have yeah. this sequel that, like, is a sequel to things that people love based on all the knowledge they got from building all these other games yeah and, and like there is like present or a history of them like if you if you're you know something to hold on to hope for is like uh post andromeda ea was very and bioware kept saying they're not done with mass effect in a very similar way yep. and a lot of people were like hmm and the reason they kept doing it is because they wanted to keep that dream alive. And eventually it led to a new Mass Effect 2 being announced. So it, there is there is history of, you know, this kind of rhetoric or this kind of sentiment keeping a, a franchise active, totally. uh, paying dividends. And also it, it has a lot of knock-on impact. Like, you know, if someone's like grown up and they or like someone who's interested in working at uh, Respawn on Titanfall or something, you know, is out there and saying like hey we're not making this game anymore you could potentially like dissuade people from applying for jobs or you know yep. aspiring to work at it's, it has got a load of, like knock-on impact but generally it serves them and the community to be like no we still care about Titanfall. we're gonna still think about it so that's why they did that next story comes uh by way of vgc tom ivan uh so we covered this we covered this a couple of days ago but i think it was just a rumor them. Yes. So, so I was going to say, uh, following the rumor, um, those uh, the rumor being there's a bunch of new Disney games coming, going to be packed up and, and released. And that is happening. Uh, an updated collection of the classic Disney games uh, will include the SNES versions of Aladdin and the Jungle Book when it launches this autumn. Um, these were remastered for Switch, PS4, Xbox One and PC in 2019 and has a bunch of content for it. And now it's going to be re-released. So um, in, any interest in replaying those games? That's one of my favorites. And um, I tried to go back to it, and it reminded me how hardcore I was when I was younger because those mm -hmm. games are rough as hell. Holy, as Holy hell. moly. Yep. Yeah, yeah, you do not have control over your characters the way you think you did. Yeah, I was talking about this wow. a, a couple of days ago, but like those games are a perfect example to me of uh, nostalgia getting the best of you. And that's fine. Like they were great back in the day just because compared to everything else that they were around. I mean, admittedly, we still had Mario, and that was vastly superior any day of the week. But mm -hmm. there was still a charm to these games existing, and there was things that weren't necessarily just the best gameplay of all time, but the music is so iconic. The visuals are so iconic. The, this boss fight in this level or whatever, like, they were great. So that's what made those video games special. Uh, going back to them, I think, is more of a, here's a fun little moment to get your ass kicked in the... Um, 
just can't wait to be king level of Lion King and then realize yeah. you're over this and don't ever want to do it again. But uh, one of my best friends, James, like loves these games. And even before they re-released them, he would like still has his Super Nintendo hooked up and he'll just speed run Aladdin like casually like once a month. And I'm like, all right, get it, man. man. Like there's definitely a fan base for these. And I'm, I'm happy that they're being kind of uh, brought back into the limelight because that was a very special moment in time. And it's rare that old licensed games get to get a new life, right? So I, I'd love to see a trend towards more of that. Yeah, exactly. That's why I kind of wanted to talk about this again, because I kind of like it as a move from Disney. Like they're not putting out a bunch of, or like they're not massive in games right now. They are by way of Marvel, but um, Disney itself has got a lot of old games that have nostalgia and people really love. And I like the idea of them going, we just take these old games and put them out again and people will buy them. And I think that a lot of other companies who are in a similar position could do the same. Like the one in my mind is I think Fox maybe could do that with a lot of the Simpsons games. Like I mm -hmm. would love to see them package a bunch of the old Simpsons games throughout Simpsons the generation. wrestling and hit and run. Yeah, so and even uh... earlier than like that, earlier than that, like Krusty's Super Fun House and mm. like Bart's Nightmare and that kind of stuff. Very few of those games hold up, but I feel like just having those available and, you know, even for the sake of preservation would be cool. And it's a relatively low lift compared to, you know, making a brand new entry in the Hit and Run series or even remastering that. I would love to see that happen. Um, yeah. So fingers crossed for more of that soon. But yeah. I think I'm going to, yeah, I think I'm, I'm due another Aladdin replay. Um, <laughs> See, the one but, problem I have with this, and it, this is just the way of the world because of these licenses, and I said this a couple of days ago, but like I bought, I own this on physically on Switch, and it's mm -hmm. like I'm not going to get the update. Like there's no update for getting a Jungle Book and all the other versions of the game, so that kind of sucks. Like I don't want to have to buy yeah, it again. Yeah. Will I? Probably because I'm a sucker for this type of nostalgia shit. <laughs> Same. Uh, I My question for you is, are you a sucker for Kirby? I damn holy fuck everyone God, like that let's stop let's stop that was the best segue i think i have ever heard on the history of this show so tam congratulations for that yeah, uh, to answer your question no no i am not but let's talk about this yeah everyone's favorite little sucker just hoovers everything up is back um according to a leak ahead of the nintendo direct which is happening this comes by way of IGN, my good friend Joe Scrabbles, definitely a real surname, I can confirm. Uh, a new Kirby game, possibly called Kirby Discovery of the Stars, seemed to have leaked ahead of uh, today's Nintendo Direct. Found in Nintendo Japan's release schedule by Reset Era user Orekion. Um, the game art seems to show Kirby in front of an overgrown cityscape. It looks like, genuinely, it looks like he's standing in a cartoon version of The Last of Us's universe. Which is why I wanted to bring it up, mainly because like blessing in in the Slack thread was like, why is Kirby in the Last of Us universe? And I was like, God damn, he really is in the Last of Us universe. Um, but it's like an interesting idea, and I, now I'm more excited about a Kirby game than I ever have been. Tim, what would it take for you to be excited for a Kirby game? You know, Kirby's an interesting thing for me. I am a Nintendo boy through and through, uh, you know, and a Nintendo platformer guy through and through. Then Mario games, obviously, are some of my favorites of all time, but specifically, like, Yoshi's Island. Like, I love the Yoshi's games, even though there are more bad ones than good ones out there, but the good ones mm -hmm. are just so damn good. Uh, Kirby's one that I just never could get into. Like, even the the best Kirby games, Superstar, like, I, it never grabs me. And what's crazy about that is... My favorite game, Super Smash Brothers, How mm. Laboratories, Sakurai, Kirby, they're all connected. Like it's it's just interesting that there's something about the 
the just how easy the games are that I don't really like, where it kind of just feels like I feel like mm-hmm. I'm wasting my time playing Kirby games. And that's just a personal thing for me. There's just something about it where I don't get gratification from them. And mm-hmm. I've given them many shots because there's they've done unique, cool things with them that I've been that I've wanted to like. Kirby's Epic Yarn on the Wii, I was so stoked. I loved that bold art style. My favorite thing is when Nintendo 2D platformers have a unique art style, unlike anything we've seen before. Going back to Yoshi's Island, Mario 3, right? Like they there's they reinvent and have these like great ideas that they can like play with. And mm. that was fine. It was serviceable at a time when I was desperate for a new Nintendo game on the Wii that didn't involve motion controls. Like it was okay then, but like, I don't know. I don't know that there's anything a core Kirby game can do, especially because I feel like Kirby, they just keep pumping these things out. They just come out every couple of years and they're, I'm always like, I'm gonna give it a shot. And then I play for a little bit and I fall Mm. off. So the idea of this potentially being a bigger 3d Kirby, that could be interesting. But I remember Kirby and the, Kirby 64 and the crystal shard or whatever the hell it was. Yeah. That yeah. was like a 2.5 D like that was their attempt at 3d kind of. And like, I didn't like that either, but <laughs> Hey, at the end of the day, I'm just not a Kirby guy. That's all. That's, yeah. I, I just said a lot of words to really just say is, isn't for me. Yeah. I mean, you never know. Maybe the, what you see at Nintendo direct could change your mind, but until then you can just Kirby your enthusiasm um, because we're going to move on to the next story, which is, the loss of a legend uh this week and i wanted to this is not this has happened a couple of days ago but as far as i know it wasn't discussed on any of the game uh, game dailies so uh, i wanted to just take a moment to mourn the loss of a uh the sega arcade in japan um i'm gonna grab the story from kotaku's very own brian ashcroft who wrote uh the story with the headline fans gather to say goodbye to a legendary sega arcade Last month, Sega announced that its Sega Ikubukuro Gigo, uh, I think it's Gigo, it might be Gigo, one of those, arcade would be closing on September 20th. Yesterday, fans gathered to say goodbye to the legendary game center at a ceremony Sega held to mark the end of its 28-year run. And I just wanted to talk about this because it's, it was, there's a video of it that people have posted on Twitter, and I watched it, and I was like, I went in ready to see people, you know, just hanging out outside of the building. And then the moment the, like the crowd erupted into thanking an inanimate building, it kind of hit me real hard. And I was like, I remember there and hanging out in, in front of that, uh, that specific arcade and also just kind of chilling and playing loads of games and having formative arcade experiences there. And so they hung a sign out front that read in Japanese, thank you for 28 years. And um, staff wore shirts with the same message while loudspeakers played Hotaru no Hikari, uh, the light of the firefly. Um, set to the tune of Old Lang Sign, uh, but with different lyrics, the song is commonly played in Japanese doors right before closing. I got chills. Um, yeah, after the countdown to the arcade's final closing, the arcade manager climbed atop a ladder to give a speech recounting the Sega Ikebukuro uh, Gigo's history. Uh, he wanted to make it clear that the arcade was not shuttering due to COVID-19, but rather unavoidable circumstances. According to Famitsu, uh, and as Kotaku previously reported, the lease agreement ended, and the primary factor for the arcade's closure was the building's renovations. If it were in my power, I'd want to stay open forever at this location and greet the happy faces of our wonderful customers, said the arcade manager. Unfortunately, at this time, the way it turned out was the arcade has closed. 
The nine-story arcade opened in July 1993 as Ikebukuro Gigo and quickly became an area landmark. Over the years, the exterior has changed, going from yellow during the 2000s to red in 2013, when the Game Center was rebranded as Sega Ikebukuro Gigo. It was a popular test location spot for new arcade games. Sega, one of the most dominant forces in the industry, sold off 85% of its arcade business in November 2020. Last year, another Sega landmark Sega arcade, the company's Akihabara Second Arcade, closed. Famous for its uh, emblazoned escalators, the arcade did not give official reason for closing. So arcades uh, already taken huge L's around the world over the years. Yeah. And this is like a massive, massive moment for arcades again. Japan was kind of like the holdout for arcades. Like if you went to Japan, arcades were live and kicking. Last time I went there, which was, I think it was late last year, I went with Lucy James, uh, who kind of funny uh, best friends will know um, well, but like we did a tour of arcades. We hung out a bunch of arcades. There was Persona. Awesome. There was a Persona event in in the Sega arcade, um, and we got to sit down and eat like Persona themed food and trade cards like they at this event they had like a bunch of cards that were specifically for the events of persona characters and we went in and sat down and there were like kids and middle-aged people and elderly people walking around like gingerly approaching each other being like hey i've got a you know i've got a uh morgana i want a makoto would you like to swap and like it was That's unbelievable awesome. it was so nice and it was so heartwarming and uh the fact that places like that are kind of going you know, away is heartbreaking. And you should watch that video because like it starts and then there's a man that just shouts, Arigato! And it's like, and then I was like really feeling oh, it. So, that's awesome, man. man. Yeah, it's so funny. I didn't realize that this place was like a, a big deal. I, I went there when I was in Japan, just casually, like we just walked through it and yeah. I didn't even play anything. I was just there and I was like, thought it was so cool. I, I love Sega and I love the history of Sega and just them as a brand. And especially when it comes to the arcade stuff, like that, that moment around Soul Calibur. You know, and like going mm. into that that Dreamcast era of like the Naomi board and all that stuff of like it, they really pushed things forward. And I love that they committed to arcades, honestly, to the end, like even with yeah. things like Daytona and stuff like back in the 90s. But like to keep pushing that through to even today, it's like that's crazy. But yeah, this is definitely it, a sad closing. Yeah. As someone who like grew, grew up playing like arcades weren't a massive deal here during my youth because by the time i was like in a place where i could go and spend my money and hang out arcades arcades basically didn't exist the one major one we had was a sega arcade in in central london i remember spending so much time there and like when they went away it, they went away far too quickly for my liking i didn't get to experience them much and the two remaining places where arcades were still kind of a dream to visit were japan and the u.s and in the u.s it kind of like very slowly has fallen away you get a few fine game places now but japan genuinely was where you could go and relive the glory days of having arcades and it just sucks that um they're kind of going away yeah However, I, it's so funny i i was so lucky growing up in san francisco because pier 39 had a legendary arcade and mm. it was like kick my entire life growing up was going to this arcade like when i was in middle school it was like the cool thing to do for me and my friends to go to pier 39 literally every day in the summer and go to this arcade and play time crisis and ddr and uh whatever the fuck else was coming out at the time but like it was a full featured arcade that like would get updated with the newest releases that were coming out they were you know trickling there wasn't too many of them but it was always like a big deal when a new machine would come in like there was a culture around it here that uh i'm as i grew up i learned like 
I, I remember reading in like EGM and just video game magazines, mm-hmm. everyone talked about arcades are dead. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, it's not dead at all. And then yeah. as I grew up, I realized, oh, it, it was dead the entire time. I was just lucky to get this. Mm-hmm. And I'll never forget, it just closed one day. Like, yeah. out of nowhere, it seemed. And they renovated it. The arcade was gone. It got smaller and smaller and smaller. It's still there, but it's not what it used to be. It like is just a couple machines. And the the owners of it, ended up starting a new arcade, a mini arcade at San Francisco State University. Oh. Um, and there was like in the like the little like food court area to this day, there's this like strip of arcade games and it's like all the classics where like a ton of like fighting game enthusiasts go there. Like that's their place that they they play. You put the quarter on the screen like for next up, like all that. And I'll never forget when uh, Street Fighter V was first announced, uh, they pre-release released it to just a handful of places in the world and san francisco state was one of them wow so like i got to go play street fighter five like th- there was a line like out the fucking door and it was that was when i was going to ss state so it was it was really cool but those are my arcade memories <laughs> bring back arcades that's what i say um but before we do any of that i think it's time from a word from our sponsors from me This episode of Kind of Funny Games Daily is brought to you by Away. Whether you're running to the grocery store, planning a weekend away, or taking an extended stay with friends or family, we're all still in the bizarre current reality of travel. Luckily, Away makes trips all kinds of easy peasy with their actual life-changing range of suitcases, bags, and accessories. I love Away. Uh, You know, us at Kind of Funny, we travel a whole bunch, or at least we used to, and I never would travel without my Away luggage. I love it. It is so smooth to just roll that thing. It's beautiful, very nice to look at. You know me, I care about aesthetics, and so does Away. An Away bag is one of those things that once you get your hands on it, it makes you wonder how the heck you lived without it. It is easily the best luggage I've ever had. Away offers a 100-day trial and free shipping and returns on everything so you can't lose you can start your 100 day trial and shop the entire away lineup of travel essentials including their best-selling suitcases at awaytravel.com slash kfgd that's awaytravel.com slash kfgd a-w-a-y-t-r-a-v-e-l.com slash kfgd Next up, shout out to Amazon Music. Amazon Music has over 10 million free podcast episodes to listen to, including this one. But Amazon Music isn't just for listening to podcasts. That'd be ridiculous considering it's Amazon Music. Uh, They've also got thousands of music stations and top playlists to stream for free. And no matter what you're listening to, you can even go hands-free with Alexa. You just download the app and enjoy listening free wherever, anywhere on your favorite devices. There's no credit card or subscription required. Um, I've been listening to Bo Burnham's Inside for the, I don't know, millionth time this year. And Amazon Music makes that fun, makes that easy. And man, what what an experience that is. I recommend it to everybody. Uh, If you've never tried Amazon Music, what are you waiting for? You're going to love it as much as we all do. Uh, Start listening for free today. Head over to Amazon.com slash KFGD. That's Amazon.com slash KFGD to stream thousands of music stations and over 10 million podcast episodes for free, including this show. Amazon.com slash kfgd
And finally, shout out to DraftKings. It's been one heck of a kickoff for the NFL season, Andy keeps telling me, and it's only getting better at DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of the NFL. DraftKings is putting new customers in the center of the action with a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. Get in on the action now. All you have to do is pick up your lineup, stay under the salary cap, and see how your team stacks up against the competition. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, and the best part is you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want you can download the DraftKings app now and use code kfgd download the DraftKings app now and use code kfgd this week new customers can get a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes enter the code kfgd to get a free shot at millions in total prizes with your first deposit that's code kfgd only at DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of the nfl there's a minimum five dollar deposit required eligibility restrictions apply see DraftKings kings.com for details but remember code kfgd at DraftKings. one excited well, soul in the chat corrects me here uh mm-hmm. it's street fighter four is the one i was talking about not five okay. five okay. just came fine. back which fine. dates us very much tam street fighter four is a distant memory at this mm-hmm. point but what isn't a distant memory are the games coming out now if I wanted to know what is coming to Mama Grub Shops today, where would I look, Tim? The official list of upcoming software across each and every platform is listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily Show host each and every weekday. That's beautiful. I love it. Out love today. It. We have Diablo 2 resurrected for PlayStation 4, 5, Xbox One, Xbox Series X, S, Nintendo Switch, Windows, PC. It's getting some decent reviews. Um, I'm excited to check it out. Sable, Xbox One, Xbox Series X, S, Windows, PC. GameSpot gave it a 9 out of 10, and it sounds very, very good. I'm going to check it out. Got big journey energy. Ember for PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. Maze Mysteries. All right, we're gonna get we're get we're getting into some games that I've mm-hmm. absolutely never heard of now. Maze Mysteries: The Secret of Dragonville, Xbox One, <laughs> MechWarrior Five, Mercenaries, PS5, PS4. They have been spamming the shit out of my email with emails about this. So and here uh, here we go, Tam. Yeah. This next one. Hampers. Hampers. H A M P U Z Z. What is that for Switch? That is out. If anyone know, knows what hampers is, let us know. Um, the plane effect for Switch. Just don't name your game the plane effect. Uh, Suze, Suzerian. Suzerian? Suzerian. Suzerian. Suzerian? Suzerian. Uh, Suzerian. Suzerian. A bold way to have a child. I respect it. Beast Breaker for Switch. This is a big one, actually. Because this is the game from the creator of threes. So I've not played it, but I've played uh, far too much threes. So you should check out Beast uh, <laughs> Breaker. Um, Mountain Bug, Hill Climb Race, Real 2D, Arcade da- Dirt Racing Games. Just an SEO title uh, for Switch. Swan, Chernobyl Unexplored for Switch. Kira Kira Stars Idol Project Memories for Switch. Sakura Swim Club for Switch. Chef's Tale for Switch. Mage Quit for Switch. City State 2 for Switch. Teacup for Switch. And then a big one. The Forgotten City is coming to Nintendo Switch via digital streaming today. Forgotten City, easily one of the best games of this year. If you haven't played it already, check it out. It's a banger. GTA Online. Deadline Lights 
up its arenas with triple rewards this week in GTA Online alongside double car meet rep for players evading the LSPD in the Pursuit series. I don't know what any of that means. Yeah. Plus, <laughs> bikers will score twice the profit on hard drug sales this week and a new free clothing unlock awaits all players i know a thing or two about scoring twice the profit on hard drugs hard drug sales what Jesus a fucking Christ. statement we just read on kind of funny games <laughs> yeah, daily yeah yeah, yeah. biker twice the profit on hard drug sales all right new dates chorus will be available on december 3rd 2021 for xbox series x and xbox one the playstation 5 the playstation 4 google stadia pc via epic game store and steam and amazon luna Plan B from Outer Space, a Bavarian Odyssey is coming on October 28th to PC and mobile. Death's Gambit Afterlife is coming to PC and Nintendo Switch on September 30th. Love to see it. See Deals of the day. I've got a couple of things I want to highlight. Sony is having its big, Jap- big in Japan sale currently on the PSN. Um, always a bunch of good deals on there. So there's lots of amazing Japanese developed games or published games on sale, including Final Fantasy VII Remake, Yep. Bunch of classic Final Fantasy 7 games, yep. uh, Final Fantasy games, uh, near replicant and autom- automata, automata, um, however you want to say it. Persona 5 Royal Scarlet Nexus, Yakuza Like a Dragon, 13 Sentinels, Aegis Rim, incredibly underrated game, Metal Gear Solid 5, and a bunch more. So there's a bunch of good deals on the PSN, uh, big in Japan sale. And then on the eShop, there's the blockbuster sale happening, which is discounts on games like Monster Hunter Rise, Ori in the Well in the Wisps, Hades, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2, Shovel Knight, Treasure Trove, and a bunch more. So Hell don't yeah. miss out on those. Read a mail. Uh, now it's time for read a mail, baby. Uh, you can write into patreon.com forward slash kind of funny games where you can get your questions read on the show. Just like Brent what? Brent lowercase what uppercase. So Brent what? Um, who says... Hey, Tim and Tam, with the leak of a new Nintendo controller, I've seen a lot, ton of speculation regarding the addition of N64 games to the Nintendo online service. I haven't seen anyone suggest that this leak presents the possibility that Nintendo is going to release an N64 classic as it did for past holiday seasons. Is there any hope that we'll get an N64 classic this holiday season? What do you reckon, Tim? This is very interesting. I actually haven't thought I about this element it. of it. Great yeah. job by Brent. What? Totally. What? Uh, so here's the deal with this. Thinking about it, if I remember correctly, the NES Classic and SNES Classic were both announced rather unceremoniously in the sense mm. that they were just drops. They weren't part of a direct. So no. this obviously being tied to the direct, we, we've had this whole week of like the trademarks and uh, the, all the filings and all that stuff. Like we know that there is a controller as far it has there been confirmation that it's an N64 controller. No, the, it's the just controller big hints, is, right? is a vague, like it's just an amorphous square that people yeah, are yeah, like, this yeah. is a new controller. So that's interesting. I So maybe it isn't. I, I think all signs point to it being that, but I almost wouldn't be surprised if it was just a Switch controller similar to what they've done before with the N64 or with the SNES mm. and NES for the online games for for switch online if they are adding n64 which as i'm saying all this i'm getting extremely excited for today <laughs> like <laughs> and it's nintendo expect some weird nintendo decisions but just i personally to go on a a, a big rant right now for a sec that i've mm-hmm. done a million times what do you I want out of this love the nintendo switch online service mm-hmm. i think that it's been bullshit that it's taken so long of drip feed releases but where we're at 
currently, not mm-hmm. where we were three years ago, where we're at in 2021 of the amount of video games I get to play whenever the fuck I want with rewind, with the same thing, with all of that stuff, just on my switch. And they just keep adding them for the price of legitimately like $8 a year. Cause we do the family plan. And so you spend $35 for a year and all of kind of funny gets it essentially. Like it is crazy. The amount of people you can have on this thing. It's like, yeah. Do I wish that some features were better? Sure. Do I wish that I could just totally toggle off the, uh, overlay on the sides? Absolutely. I don't like it. Just give me black. Give me that option. Um, but the amount of video games there while not a perfect library is awesome. For the yeah. cost going in when Nintendo could have easily charged 5 to $20 for each of these titles, as they have done many, many, many times before, right? So I'm not defending any of those choices. What I am saying is there's a great deal here. Now, what does this mean for if there is Game Boy games, if there is Game Boy Color, if there is N64? Um, there's been some hints that there might be even other things, potentially like Genesis or something. That's all awesome to me. Do they up the price for a Nintendo Switch or Nintendo Switch Online Plus or something, I absolutely mm. think they're going to. There's no way in hell they're going to add in 64 games uh, to to this service at the price it's currently at. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. Like, the, the, the value for money is definitely there. I think a lot of people mistake, like, or they, they cross the line where they, they conflate the value for money that it currently presents with what they want out of it, and they use that to kind of give an overall grade to Nintendo's online service, what you're paying for and what you're getting, I feel is good. I think they could do a little more with the features and, you know, like a little more communication on making it feel like a service that's alive and constantly changing is the main thing for me. Because like, I, I, I got it and I love it. I don't play any games on Switch online. I mostly fire it up, play a bunch of Super Metroid and then turn it off. I'm only playing Super Metroid on that thing pretty much. And you're getting uh, your money's worth. And I'm getting my money's worth, and I'm happy with it because, in that same way, it's really interesting. I I pay for I pay for a bunch of my friends and family to be on that plan, and I feel like, for some reason, that's good enough for me. Like, as if they're doing stuff, that's enough for me. I I don't need to play it myself. I'm good. I know that my younger brother will occasionally jump in. I know that Lucy will jump in, or the various other folks that I've got on there, and and like use it now and then. Like they used it for Animal Crossing a bunch, and I was like. That's good for me. That's good. I'll pay for that for another year. I'm down with that. But yeah, my my question for you, Tim, is like, um, mm-hmm. before we start wrapping this up, what do you most want out of the Nintendo Direct later? You know, it's it's weird. This is a, a weird direct for me. Where going into it, I haven't really been keeping up too much with leaks and with like the whole conversation. And I just think Nintendo's in a weird place. They're like, honestly, it's kind of leaving me a little bit down. Like mm-hmm. I have been on such a high with Nintendo for the last couple of years. And I feel like last year was a big shift for me as everybody watching games daily knows where like, I wasn't really happy with their output and animal, animal crossing didn't speak to me. I'm a broken record at this point. So it's like, I kind of went a year without eating. And now that mm. we're kind of like getting some games, I'm really excited about this fall of video games. Like we got WarioWare, we know we have the Mario party coming out. We got Metroid fucking dread in Let's the next go. couple of weeks. Like, obviously that to me is like, that's what I've been waiting for. But like, I am not necessarily too excited or expecting too much about from this direct because of wh- how they're framing it of like, it is 20, like just with the switch games of where they're at. I imagine we're only going to get this year and maybe early next year, but like, I, I'm expecting to be excited about some announcements. I'm not expecting to be blown away by any of the announcements, but mm. I am hoping that there are things that aren't Kirby. 
You know, I am hoping yeah. that with Nintendo is one of those companies that similar to PlayStation at this point, like has so many different get hype moment potentials that it often surprised me, surprises me when we don't get any of them. Yeah. It's like a new Mario or a new Donkey Kong or a new this or do that it's like and then we get a new kirby and i'm like ah oh, damn it. well <laughs> i'm happy that people out there are kirby fans and, and are getting something yeah. but like i'm mi- i want another 2017 2018 even 2019 nintendo mm. year and hopefully 2022 could be that but right now i'm kind of in a in a place where i'm not thrilled with where nintendo's yeah. at yeah for me like i'm i'm in the same place like i'm just willing to see what they say hopefully they give me a new look at zelda and show off some more maybe even say something about metroid prime but i don't expect that what i definitely want the most out of this like it's like a mid-tier thing which is i want that castlevania collection to be shown and given a release date because i mean I it'll be there it's exciting yeah and, and i'm excited for that but like that's gonna and be fun and yeah you know what's really exciting about that is mm. that there is a trend from this e3 that we had this year with nintendo and assumedly with that uh, announcement being here potentially is there is this celebration of the gba era of nintendo that i'm kind of loving going back to yeah. advanced wars we'll probably see a little bit more of here like uh that's and warioware and stuff it's like th- it's cool and that, that that was a very weird nintendo and yeah. i'm i'm kind of excited to see them get a little bit weird in that the weird nostalgia era that we're about to mm. enter like that could be fun but uh i am i'm yearning for a big title like i loved bowser's yeah. fury this year that gave me that wet my appetite where I'm like, oh, now I am really hungry. I want to know what the Odyssey team's working on, you know? Even if it if it's that rumored Donkey Kong 2D game, that sounds hella exciting to me. So yeah. we'll see. Yeah. It is exciting, and you can share in the excitement later today when the crew is going to be live reacting to the uh, Nintendo Direct. So make sure you tune in on Twitch um, and check out the VOD later on on YouTube. Yep, yep, Quick yep. look at You're Wrong, and we've got uh, a couple of people saying Hampuzz is a company combination of hamster and puzzle. That came from Nano and Stark. Stark Fantastic. Zilla. I would have uh, not that expected that, and I'm sense. happy that's what it is. Uh, and Tam, we're looking at uh, the plane effect. It is not what I thought it was. Oh, is this not? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. Zeus, by the way, has uh, sent in a You're Wrong. He says, Tim, you can remove the overlay. So here's and- the thing. People tell me this all the time. Yeah. And you're right that you can remove the overlay where it says the P1, P2. I'm talking about the like gradient of circles on the side where the letterboxing mm. is. Is there a way to turn that off? Because I can't find it and it just like drives I, me nuts. I don't think so. I don't think so. Hey, uh, this this really looks like a me game. It does, Kevin. Yeah, it does, <laughs> really? Yeah. Like I, I'm, I'm very interested in this. Get in there. Get in there. Um, tomorrow's hosts are Greg and Blessing. Uh, so please be excited for that Friday. Um, if you're watching this live on tri- Twitch, Twitch, Twitch. There it is. I forgot another jingle. There's so many jingles. Why do you guys have so no, many no, jingles? No, 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 no. That was my mess up. I didn't turn off the jingle from earlier. So I went back to this uh, scene and it just started. So you're perfect. I got debated. You're I got debated. perfect. I got debated. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Kevin, I love you so much. If you are watching live on Twitch after this, as mentioned earlier, will be the World War Z stream um, with Mike, Greg, Andy, Bless, and loads of zombies, presumably. Um, and if you want to catch that stream later, make sure you subscribe to youtube.com forward slash kind of funny plays. It's excellent. It's also where the Metal Gear Solid playthrough is housed. So mm-hmm. make sure you check that out as well. 
And this has been your kind of funny games daily, where each and every week live right here on twitch.tv forward slash kind of funny games, we run you through the nerdy news needs you need to know about. Um, we have a Patreon post show coming up for those that are subscribed at the silver level or above on patreon.com forward slash kind of funny games to so stick around for that. Otherwise, until next time, laugh and grow fat. <laughs>